Welcome to Fine Rambles, number 132. Okay, Abigail Schreier. Who? <laughs> who is Abigail Schreier? She's a journalist who recently wrote a book called Irreversible Damage about teen girls deciding that they are men, trans men, and deciding to transition. And Target decided to cancel her book. They pulled it off their digital shelves. And there was an outcry online from the usual sane people like Ayan Hershey Ali and Barry Weiss. And as a result of that outcry, they reversed their decision a day later and they put the book back on their digital shelves. Although actually I'm <laughs> I'm looking at the website right now and the book is quote sold out. And it makes me wonder how many new copies they're actually going to order. Hmm. This is interesting. Just looking at the site a bit more, all of the reviews for the book are either 5 stars or 1 star. Ah, <laughs> oh, god, I despise cancel culture. I despise cancel culture, especially when it's when it's done by these nameless, faceless, unaccountable bureaucrats at these enormous corporate behemoths who who crumble at the faintest whisper of a Twitter storm, at the faintest whisper of the social justice activists coming to get them. When powerful institutions like Target surrender immediately to the mob, it's the mob that has the power. (laughs) Mobs with power. That's bad. So anyway, I want to support Abigail Schreier. I don't like people getting canceled, and I think the Streisand effect is the best way to respond. So for all my millions of followers out there, I went back and listened to her discussion with Joe Rogan. It's, it's episode 1509, I think. And if you have the time, well, really, if you have daughters, you might want to listen to their conversation or check out her Twitter or buy her book because there are bullies out there who want you to do none of those things. Bullies who are desperate to shut people up. They don't have to actually burn books to prevent people from reading them. So here's what I learned from her conversation with Joe Rogan. And, you know, if I get something wrong or if she got something wrong, let me know. But here's what I took away from that conversation. Body dysphoria is a real thing. Historically, at least, it's been a very well understood phenomenon. It shows up when a child is very young to to four years old. It's overwhelmingly boys who declare that they are girls. The body dysphoria is severe. It's persistent. And it's extremely rare. They think it's one in 10,000, maybe. So 0.01% of the population. What's happening today is there's a trend of teenage girls with no sign of body dysphoria who are overnight declaring they're boys and that they want testosterone and surgery. And (laughs) by a shocking coincidence, these girls happen to be in friend groups that are all deciding at the same time that they're trans men as well. 
altogether just total coincidence. And these clusters, these clusters of young teen girls are deciding that they are trans at 70 times the rate of the overall population. So that each year now, 2% of the high school age population, mostly girls, are declaring themselves as trans. 2%. And that number is going up. Apparently, we're only seeing this trend in teen girls, not in adults, not in adult women, only in the group that has been historically susceptible to self-destructive behavior, bulimia, anorexia, cutting, self-harm, patterns of behavior that are based in peer pressure and based in emotional contagion. Now, (laughs) being a teenager sucks. Puberty sucks. It's horrible. I can't imagine that there's a single girl or boy who doesn't look at the changes their body is going through and doesn't get a little weirded out. I mean, I did. What teenager doesn't feel a little uncomfortable? It's the definition of being a teenager. Teen girls are are emotionally empathetic. Is there any other group that's more vulnerable more vulnerable to influence and and to peer pressure. And social media takes all of these forces to 11. (laughs) What's the result? The anxiety and depression of teen girls is at record levels. These girls, they see impossible ideals online. They see photographs that have been photoshopped and filtered. They feel isolated and lonely, and confused, especially now with COVID. And they see trans as as some mystical answer. And so they say they're trans. And what happens? (laughs) Social media provides all the affirmation that they want. Tons of affirmation. Tons of attention. The girl gets celebrated. She gets cheered on. And not just online. Not just on Tumblr or on Snapchat. In meat space as well, in real life, IRL. (laughs) Now, here's the crazy thing. Medical consent ages vary by state. So, for example, in Oregon, it's 15. So a 15-year-old girl in Oregon can skip school without telling her parents, walk into Planned Parenthood, and self-diagnose. They can just say they have gender dysphoria, sign a form, and boom, they walk out with testosterone. No doctor required, no parental notification required. There's no process. There's no oversight. There's no follow-up. They're not checked up on. And the doctors, the doctors actually can't do anything because the industry standard now is, quote, affirmative care. And so they have to affirm the self-diagnosis. If a doctor asks a question of someone who claims to be trans, if a doctor offers their medical opinion, they can lose their fucking license. They can be sued for asking a question. And that is exactly the same thing that happened with opioids. They were required by law 
to hand over the prescription pad or lose their license. And parents, (laughs) if they are even told what their child is doing, they are terrified of raising any objection. They are terrified of even questioning what's happening to their child. They risk getting shamed. They risk getting fired. Our society more and more is saying they're not allowed to ask those questions. And, and this strikes me as ludicrous. I mean, we have biological men who are preventing a conversation about the mental health of teenage girls. You have biological men bullying women into shutting up about the dangers of this kind of treatment. Now, these biological men are activists, and I am deeply, deeply suspicious of activists. Always remember that activists are not representative of the group they claim to represent. These groups are not homogenous. They are diverse. They are diverse with different thoughts and different opinions, and anyone who claims to know what an entire group thinks on any issue who claims that the entire group is lockstep in believing the exact same thing, that is such bullshit. That is a bullshit claim for authority. It's a bullshit claim for power. Activists do not represent their communities. They anoint themselves. They elect themselves. They are self-serving. They're not on the side of the people they claim to support. They're bullies. Activists are bullies. And after a generation of anti-bullying training, we are all so shit scared that we can't stand up to these bullies. And as a result, the lives of children are being destroyed because everyone is too cowed to admit that there are some things children should not be allowed to decide for themselves. So that's what I took away from Abigail Schreier's conversation with Joe Rogan. (laughs) And on that note, that's all I've got this week. I will catch you later.